T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Stocks are trading near all-time highs, but investor uncertainty lingers. But I guess it always does. But this week on the Gains Podcast, we check in with several of our regular guests to get their take on where they see financial markets heading. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gains. All right, let's get right to it. First up, Art Hogan, you know him from the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Chief Market Strategist, B. Riley Financial in New York. Art, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Andy. So, Art, markets are right off all-time highs, and that's where I want to start today. Stocks have had quite the run going back to last year. And the big question is, where do we go from here? Do we see a pause in the action? Is it full speed ahead? Or do you have some concerns? Thoughts? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I would tell you this. I would say part of the uh, the pop that we've seen, which really started in the middle of October of last year and certainly has carried through in the first couple of months of this year, has been uh, a combination of things. First and foremost, it's been better economic data and the promise that the Fed uh, would stop raising rates. And both of those things continue to be true. I would say the early excitement into this year had more to do with how much the Fed was going to cut and how soon they would do that. And that has dissipated quite a bit, and yet the market really hasn't given back much of their gains. I think that's a very healthy sign. So we've rationalized expectations of Fed cuts. That's not the main driver. The main driver has been a much better than expected fourth quarter earnings reporting season and a continuation of stronger than expected economic data. So if we look at the last two quarters of last year, we had a 3.5% GDP growth rate on on balance, um, and the estimates for this quarter look like they're close to 3% as well, if you look at the Atlanta Fed. So a stronger economy likely drives stronger revenue growth and earnings growth for corporate America, and we're less dependent on what the Fed might do. And I believe the Fed is going to cut rates at some point this year, but the more important issue is they're not going to raise rates anymore. So we can start looking at economic data in an intuitive fashion, meaning if a strong jobs number comes out, that doesn't freak the market out. We don't have to go through that good news and the Economy is bad news for the markets anymore. That's behind us. And I think that's been the real driver to markets. That transition to the thoughtful way of looking at better data means better earnings for corporate America. What thwarts the momentum here? Is there something that could pop up that could maybe scare the market, maybe even cause a bit of a pullback? Well, I would tell you, my three biggest concerns right now likely aren't near-term concerns. So, First and foremost, I think China's reopening process has been painfully slow. They spent three years with zero COVID policy. They didn't stimulate their economy while they were doing that. So coming out of that process, 
has been frustratingly slow for them. They have an aging demographic, and they're an important economy being the second largest, so their demand for goods and services has been subpar thus far this year. They're a very controlled economy, and likely we'll find the right levers to pull to get that economy back going. But if that continues throughout the entirety of this year, we'd certainly have to downgrade some of our expectations for GDP growth. The second concern I would have, and, and uh, not our base case, is if the Israeli Hamas conflict uh, gets larger, not smaller, meaning it gets less regional and encompasses more people uh, in more countries like Iran and perhaps take some oil production out of the global supply chain and thus driving up energy prices for a non-economic reason, I think that would be a, a, a detriment. And then the third is we don't know necessarily if all of the rate hikes that the Fed did have gone through their long and variable lags. And if, if all of a sudden the first quarter certainly looks like it continues to be robust and the consumer continues to be well-employed and confident. But if all of a sudden we start to see a, a significant slowdown in economic activity, which hasn't appeared yet, uh, in the second and third quarter, and we had a couple of quarters of negative GDP growth, that would obviously affect earnings. Now, none of those are our base cases, but those are some of the things that we think about in the near term that might upset or tip over the apple cart here. It's certainly not something we have on a short-term horizon. Well, and the Fed now has at least some tools in the tool belt to kind of thwart off things if, if, if uh, you know, the economy slows some. They have some dry powder now, which is a little refreshing. Overlooking some of those things that you don't really see as big threats right now, what do you like about the market? What areas, what's the play uh, for you right now, Art? Well, I tell you, that's a great question. So obviously we were hyper-focused on the AI darlings last year. They call them the Magnificent Seven. And, you know, clearly they drove a good percentage of the earnings growth that we saw in the S&P 500. And that's always the case for the top 10 stocks in the S&P 500. They tend to always be large. Those names just change over the decades. Used to be companies like GE and ExxonMobil and, and, uh, and, and uh, Microsoft and Cisco at one point in time. So now it's a, a whole different breed of companies. And, and there was a concern that perhaps we're getting too concentrated. But I was looking at some figures today and... 133 of the S&P 500 companies just ticked at an all-time high coming into this morning. So the rally has broadened out. I think that's really important. And I think when we think about broadening out, I think that affects the sectors that have underperformed for a while. So uh, when we look at the, the sectors that are making all-time highs uh, as of this morning, we saw that healthcare jumped in there. Industrials are in there. Financials are creeping up to it. And I think energy is the next sector. I think energy is probably the most underperforming sector in the S&P 500. We've got energy, WTI, and Brent trading between $70 and $80. I think there's some great opportunity there. And certainly the biggest earnings surprises from the fourth quarter came from the energy patch. So I think what's really healthy about this market of late is we focus on the AI darlings, the Magnificent Seven, and talk about them all the time. But the other companies are coming along here. And I would say that that's, a, that, that that's part of broadening out. The other piece of the puzzle that I would tell you is that the Russell 2000, which outperformed today, has outperformed the S&P 500 thus far uh, over the course of the last five trading days, not surprisingly because it's underperformed for two years. The S&P 500 is trading at or near an all-time high, and the Russell 2000 is still 17% below its all-time high. So I think small caps have a chance to actually uh, do some mean reversion and play some catch-up ball here as we work our way into the first half. Yeah, and you're talking about the areas of the market that I personally like. I'm a big fan of energy. That's one of, you know, several uh, 
players, including Chevron, is some of my plays going into this year. And I'm with you. I like the broader market, that Russell 2000 to play catch up. And that's what you're kind of speaking to because a lot of the uh, the rally, you know, looking a couple months back was driven by those AI darlings and, and it being concentrated. But now that you have more participants, for example, Russell 2000, um, that bodes really well for the markets going forward. So as we wrap up the convo here, final thoughts. Yeah, I would tell you, I think the, the market's in a better place when it rallies from a broader aspect, right? So if everything's all about the top seven or 10 stocks and there's 490 stocks that get left behind in the S P 500, you're in a, a precarious place. That is no longer the case as we work our way through this month. And I think we're in a much, much better place where investors are looking for those things that haven't exploded yet and trying to find some value. So as value investors look across the board, I agree with you on Chevron. I agree with you on energy. I also think healthcare, I think financials, and, and, and across the board, I would say that we're likely going to see outperformance of small caps versus large caps you know, heading into the first half of this year. And I think all of that is a very positive uh, uh, for the market. Always appreciate the expert advice from Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist at B. Riley Financial in New York. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back after the break. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, we're back talking where do stocks go from here? Up next, Paul Nolte. Senior Wealth Advisor and Market Strategist for Murphy and Sylvester here in Chicago. Paul, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be with you again. So as mentioned, Paul, stocks are near all-time highs, but there's always uncertainty out there. Where do you see the market going forward? Do you see a, a pause here? Or is it full speed ahead like a lot of people in the market are right now? Or are there things that you're concerned about? What's your read on markets going forward? Yeah, we're always concerned, and you always have to be in the markets. I don't think it's always a clean cut. You know, we're going significantly higher, significantly lower from here. But there's a couple things that are going on in the markets that give us some reason to pause. One is higher interest rates. We've been seeing interest rates tick higher. The bond market is paying attention to the Fed, is paying attention to the economic data. We get the PCE number here later this week. That will be in focus for inflation and what the Fed may do next. 
the equity markets have been focused more on AI and the potential for future rate cuts, which I don't think are necessarily going to happen this year. I think we were still seeing very good economic growth, very good wage growth, employment growth, and inflation, I think, will be sticky around that 3% level. So that may create some headwinds for the equity markets going forward. Maybe not this week, although PC may have something to say about it, but certainly over the next few months, we're going to have to see uh, interest rates moderate here in order to not provide that headwind to the equity markets as we get into the summer months. We covered a lot of ground really fast at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. So no surprise that we might even see a bit of a pause. How are you, and, and, I, and I totally understand your concerns. So then how, what are you telling your clients? How are you playing all of this, Paul? There's really two things that we're doing. One is for <clears throat> for the equity market, we're more focused on mid cap, small cap, and we're more concerned on the value side. Growth, I think, is is overpriced um, and, and probably will be an underperformer over the next couple of years. Now, when you talk about stocks versus bonds, we're a little overweight in the fixed income market. We think a 45 to 5% rate of return in the fixed income market is pretty good when you have a market multiple of 22 on the S&P 500. So we think, over again, over the next couple of years here, Probably the better bet is in bonds and better bet on value and small cap. I think with the equity market, with the uh, large cap growth being upwards of 25, 35 times earnings, I think that one's going to be a tough one to continue to see uh, the growth in the stock prices with that multiple. Paul, it seems like you're just not nearly as bullish as as a lot of Wall Street, and you see almost a bit of a fundamental change here. Kind of build on that a little bit. Yeah, it's true. I mean, when you take a look, and, and I think a lot of it is is momentum following. <clears throat> Certainly following last year and into this year, you can't help but get caught up into the momentum. But if you look back at December, say, 15th or so of this last year, the markets matched the highs of – 2022, which means you went two years without going anywhere. And you would have been better off in bonds than stocks. So people forget the big decline that we had in 22 preceded the big rally in 23, only to get back up to the old highs. I think over the next two to five years, we may be in that same type of situation where we're going to have this roller coaster ride. We may go up another 5 to 10%. We may go down 30 and then back up 20. And ultimately, in another two to three, four years, be right back where we are today, uh, but getting there in a very interesting fashion and smoothing out that ride, I think, will be bonds and, and parts of the market that have been neglected to this point small cap and, and value being two of those. Do you see any uh, value in some of these dividend plays? Uh, one of my picks, I love Chevron, I love energy, I love some of the dividends in that space. Uh, there's some other areas that are throwing off nice dividends as well. Where are you on the, the dividend front? And and what areas would you, if you see value in dividends, what areas would you uh, cherry pick from? Yeah, one of, the, one of the screens that we use for our stock picking is dividends. We look at free cash flow. We want to see very good free cash flow from companies. We want to see dividends. We'd like to see those dividends increasing 
uh, over a prior three to five year period. So it is a focus for us. And where we're starting to see some of those names shake out are more in the industrial materials sector and, and to energy. They've been kind of on the back foot as, as energy prices have been hovering here in the low 70s. <clears throat> but it's interesting to us when you look at the materials and the basic industry and industrial side, that part has really been in the recession for the last year, year and a half, because interest rates have had a much higher impact on that sector or those sectors of the economy than they have on the service side. And so many of those companies have come down in value. And I think today provides some very good value over the next three to five years because of the impact of higher interest rates. I think higher interest rates are here for a while. They're not going to be here forever, but they're going to be here for a while yet. So I think the industrials are probably in the seventh or eighth inning of maybe their potential bear market here. And I think brighter days are ahead for that particular area. And we are seeing companies raising dividends and and having pretty good dividend yields in in that sector. So what's your advice for the gains listener and then also just kind of wrap up this convo? You've definitely brought an interesting take and that counter to a lot of others to the table today. You know, our take on, on the shorter term, we could see momentum continue for a while. Our biggest concern, and if you're listening to the Fed, the Fed has been very consistent since they have passed the transitory phase of inflation, but they've been very consistent in their message that higher for longer. And even though many read Powell saying we're pivoting rates, it really didn't say that. He said, we're going to keep rates here. We're going to be watching the data. I think that's where we're going to be for a while. So interest rates are going to be up here for a while. So you want to take a look at those parts of the economy that can do well in a relatively higher interest rate environment, maybe a little bit more inflationary, um, but we think that fixed income actually will provide some good balance to an equity market. So you want to take some of those profits where we've, get, we've gotten those in the tech sector. We've had huge runs, uh, probably a good time to rebalance that portfolio and start to increase the, the exposure to the fixed income and some of the other neglected parts of the market. Never a bad idea to cash in on some of those profits and then rebalance. Big thanks to Paul Nolte, Senior Wealth Advisor and Market Strategist at Murphy & Sylvester here in Chicago. All right, to wrap up today's discussion on where do stocks go from here, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond, you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Andy. So today we're, you know, asking the big dogs, where do stocks go from here? I mean, this is in light of, you know, stocks trading near all-time highs, but there is, as always in the market, uncertainty. So, Chuck, where do stocks go from here? Yeah, I think they can continue to move higher. Uh, you know, the, the the story is still pretty solid. As you know, we follow the Dow theory, which looks at the movement of the Dow Jones Industrial and Dow Jones Transportation Average. And the last major signal under that Dow theory has been a bullish market signal. So you have a bull market signal there. When you look at the three primary engines of market performance, those are corporate profits, interest rates, and inflation. Uh, those are still tilting toward the bullish camp. Not all of them are overtly bullish, but enough of them are tilting toward the bullish camp to give you bullishness there. And then when you look at 
uh, the amount of fodder that's on the sideline that can come into the market. You've got more than $6 trillion in money markets uh, that can find their way in. And then finally, once you, you look outside some of the, the, the big mega cap tech stocks, you know, the market really isn't all that richly valued. And, and even some of those tech stocks that people think are overvalued really are kind of growing into their earnings and, and, and their multiples. So, uh, you know, all in all, I think, I think the market can continue to move higher. If there is a hitch in the market, and it'll ultimately be found out is that, you know, we still have not had the Dow Jones transportation average go above its July 2023 levels. So, you know, while we've had the Dow industrials go to new all-time highs, we've had the S&P go to all-time highs, we still haven't had those new important highs in the Dow transports. Directionally, the transports have confirmed that the upward direction of the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones industrial average. But I would feel better about the the longevity or the legs of this rally if, in fact, we can get those Dow Jones transportation average and get it to close above that July high, which is around sixteen, uh, around sixteen six hundred to around seventeen. I'm sorry, around seventeen thousand right now. Okay, so and, and explain real quick. I know a lot of the gains listeners are familiar with the transports being a leading indicator. And explain why it's so critical for those transports to take out that July 2023 high. Well, as I've said, probably ad nauseum on your shows in the past, people are tired of hearing me saying it. But at the end of the day, the Dow Jones transportation average is probably the most economically sensitive index there is because transportation related stocks are influenced by a host of economic factors, whether it's fuel prices, labor costs consumer demand, commercial demand, domestic demand, international demand. Um, And so, you know, it's important for the Dow Jones transportation average to continue to move higher, making a series of higher highs, and thus confirming the economy is on steady ground and, and therefore corporate profits, et cetera. If, in fact, you start to see significant divergence between the Dow Jones transportation average and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, I can signal that perhaps there is some issues, some problems potentially brewing in the in the economy, which would filter down to to corporate profits and thus lower stock prices. You know, the the biggest concern probably for this market right now, Andy, is, you know, will we or won't we finally go into that long-awaited recession? And people have been calling for a recession for the last 24 to 36 months. The, the, the indicator that will give you the tell on that will be those Dow Jones transportation average, which is why I would feel more be- I feel, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident about the upward trend, but I would be even more confident if, in fact, we can see those Dow Jones transportation average get above that, those previous levels, which are around 16, uh, as I said, around 16,700 to 17,000 in that ballpark right there. Now, the, the Dow theory, as you mentioned, is bullish. And we are seeing a little broader participation in the market. You know, we've talked for months and months and months. Oh, a lot of these gains are just a handful of AI and tech companies. Are we, we're starting to see a little broader um, performance Wait. here, right? And I mean, you'd like to see a lot more when, and I've talked about this before we talk, that's why we watch the Russell 2000, but th- that's a factor here. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, we, we have seen 
a, a number of areas of the market, you know, be on the plus side so far this year. And, you know, that's good. I mean, yes, what I'd like to see additional strength from small caps, from international stocks, from value stocks, from dividend paying stocks. The, the answer would be yes, but we are seeing a, a bit of a broadening. We are seeing those areas, you know, making money for investors. And, you know, I think you'll continue to see that broaden out here. At least that's my hope because, you know, broader markets tend to have a bit more staying power. Uh, that's not to say that, you know, I mean, last year we saw for much of the year that the S&P did perform pretty well on the backs of about, you know, 10 to 15 stocks. Um, so the, the indices can move higher, but to sustain a, a broader move higher, uh, and we saw that last year. I mean, what what took the, the S&P 500, you know, into solid double-digit territory wasn't so much those mega cap stocks. It was a significant broadening we saw in the market you know, beginning in November, the last two months of the year saw everything go up. And that's what really drove things higher in a big way. And and I think we're seeing that. And yes, I would like to see more of it. And I think we will this year. And then finally, for the gains listener, we always talk about the UpsideStocks.com list, talking about some broader exposure moving up. Uh, do you have a couple picks on that UpsideStocks.com list some smaller stocks but a lot of people may not have heard about that might be just poised to 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 move higher here. Well, a couple of names, and, and these are stocks that have actually done pretty well, uh, but I think they can continue to do well. One is a company that reported their earnings actually um, last night and had their earnings call uh, today being Tuesday was a company called Sterling Infrastructure, symbol S-T-R-L. The company is a way to play a number of megatrends. They, they are a, a construction builder of transportation infrastructure. They build data centers, pieces of data centers. Um, so it's a play on you know, data growth and, and AI. Um, they uh, also are involved in residential buildings. So it's a play on the recovery in residential housing. So they, they're in a lot of things. Earnings were... were pretty much a blowout uh, this quarter. And I think for 2024, you're going to see continued growth. Their backlog was up at the end of the year, was up like 40% or 46% uh, from where it was at the beginning of, uh, of 2023. So it's a solid company, Sterling Infrastructure, symbols STRL. And another name I'll give you is Powell Industries, P-O-W-L. They're in electrical products. The company's earnings, again, have really broken out in a big way. That has driven the stock higher, but I think there's still plenty of upside there. That's PAL. P-O-W-L is the symbol. And then finally, as we wrap up today's discussion, uh, final thoughts here. Well, I, you know, keep an eye on the transports. I think all, all in all, the setup is still pretty solid for stocks. Uh, the canary in the coal mine, as it usually is, are those Dow Jones transportation average. So, you know, if you start to see significant divergence where the Dow transport, transports haven't gone above that July 2023 high and start to trend lower in earnest um, against the backdrop of higher moves in the industrials and the S&P 500, that would be a yellow, you know, that'd be a yellow light for the market, potentially leading to a red light. So, you know, watch the Dow transports. There's probably nobody else in the world telling you to do that. But trust me, it will it will make a difference for you. 
Yeah, we we do talk transports a lot, maybe more than the average Joe, huh, Chuck? Yeah, well, they're important, you know. But the problem, and and why, and partly why they're important, and why it's kind of nice to watch them, is because it is one indicator that not a lot of people watch. And and so you you know you listen. If if everybody is looking at a single indicator, that indicator is really going to lose its power because mm-hmm. everybody is following it. Um, so if you're looking at something that is not widely followed, that can give you an edge. And I think the Dow, you know, watching what the Dow transports do. That can give you an edge. And the Gaines listener is always looking for an edge. Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. All right, that's going to wrap up today's discussion. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. And I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 